Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, a teacher from Carmel, Indiana. And I am Bobby Lambert, director of bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Welcome to That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthy, more productive, and more creative. Before we begin, I want to tell you a little bit about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free, but one way you can help support us is by visiting our website, dynamicmarching.com, and purchasing products through our store. Just today, I sold a six-foot uh, command center podium that looked really cool, and I sold 40 ARC-1, those like the plastic rifle-looking things. So, Hey, hey Jeff. Yeah. Um, Wando needs a Megavox. Can we uh, place that order with you? Sure. Let me just go ahead and put that put that in. I'll give you a good deal. <laughs> yeah, I hear I hear the prices are great, so I'd love to do that. We, nobody has better Megavox prices, so especially love me, it. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one thing before we begin, also I had some feedback from one of our listeners last week on Facebook, and he was confused how to sign up for the show design course. So while that's still fresh in everybody's minds. Um, just go to dynamicmarching.com slash product slash design. And that's actually that um, really discounted price on the show design course. Another thing is um, dynamicmarching.com slash course dash directory is where all of our videos are. So marching videos and, and even concert band stuff. So you can hear my dog's uh, nails walking across. It's just real. It's real life. It's, the band life is real life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I know last time we talked about, uh, Jeff talked with you about maybe how to get your first job. We've done some of the design courses. And as Jeff said, we're going to talk about kind of closing up shop. Basically, how do you as the band director end the year strongly, but get yourself set up for the summer and for the next fall. Uh, as I did this, I was really kind of literally going through our process at Wando. We're doing this exact same thing right now. And as Jeff and I were talking about it, I feel like one of the things that you need to do before you even start ending things is this idea of the in-class concerts. Now, I've heard about this at Carmel for many years, and I've seen the pictures. If any of you have ever followed Mike Pode or Carmel bands, you've seen that they do this thing called an in-class concert, and they basically have the students performing with their parents seated in the ensemble right beside them. So I want Jeff to maybe talk a little bit about that, and I have some questions because I want to do it at Wando, and I bet many of you would too. So Jeff, tell us what an in-class concert is at Carmel. Well, I actually have two sons who are in the Wind Symphony 1 at Carmel, so I get, I get to experience this as a parent, and it's one of my favorite concerts of the year. It's so unique. You know, during Marching Man, I get to be up close to the music all the time. But this, you know, is the only time in concert band where, you know, what they do is they set up a bunch of chairs in the band room right in front of the group. They warm up, they play one of their pieces while the parents are sitting there. And then at some point during that, we all pick up our chairs and we go sit them right next to or behind um, our students or our kids who are in the group. And then they play another piece and we get to sit in there, at, you know, right next to our kids while they're playing through the piece. And I love that experience because, you know, if Connor doesn't have a trumpet solo, I don't know exactly who's playing what part back there. He may be on like second cornet or first trumpet or I don't I don't know. But, you know, I really get to hear all of the difficult things he's doing and, and the, the, you know, the awesome tone quality that he has and articulation and like I just totally geek out on it. 
I think one of the things that's really cool about this, we did something not the same, but we did a jazz festival this past weekend at at a brewery. Uh, it's a family-owned uh, band family brewery, and they have a, a large patio with a stage. And we actually had our middle school and, and high school jazz bands, so seven different bands play. And I think the thing that goes along with what Jeff's talking about is the idea of a relaxed atmosphere as also a performance. Like, I think we, yes, we all want to play the Persichetti Symphony and have a very formal concert, and yes, we got it. But I think parent, our parents absolutely went bananas over this and are already starting to plan next year's event. They just love being able to hear their kid and sit back and enjoy that. So I think there's a little bit of, of that that idea in both. If you can't necessarily do that parent in-class concert, maybe just doing a jazz festival or something at a local restaurant, just keeping it really nice and relaxed. Now, Jeff, to continue the thought, one of the things, when you say in-class concert, when is this held? Well, every, every single class, you know, meets a different period and we're on a block yeah. schedule. So I know, you know, the boys will be performing during second block on the 20th, you know, or the four, I guess the 14th. Right. Anyway, but so they just yeah, tell I, the I think parents, when I saw this, I, so I thought that it was at night, but you're saying it's during the day. Right. And then we just tell the front office and that, you know, they have a, a way of checking all the parents in that they've planned ahead of time. Cause you don't want just anybody walking into the building, especially these days. But they have right. a process for that, and the parents come in and sit down, you know, they, they sit up front, then they sit with their students, and then when it's all over, the students and parents get to have cookies together. So it's just like a little treat in the middle of the day. I think that, you know, kids are so modest about things, and especially those really fine section players, maybe not your soloist or your leads, they play extremely well, and ha being able to have mom and dad sit beside them, I think that... I don't think that we can underestimate the pride that will come on both sides from the student and the parent. I think and everybody sits parents, up a little taller. Yeah. You get parents excited about band. Like, you know, if I'm a football parent, I could see my kid play or even just stand on the sideline in their jersey. And people get excited about that. Every year I know when our football team gets their jerseys because they wear them to school the next day yeah. and they walk around like Superman. kings of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my dad is a physician and my mom is a nurse and they will text me, you know, like three months before May and they'll be like, when's the in-class concert? I got to ask off work that day because <laughs> they, yeah, they it's come a big in deal. too. It's pretty cool. So I think if, if for any of us out there who can maybe look at that and maybe you can't do it during the school day, maybe you do have to do it afterwards or maybe you do it as part of a concert or, you know, I think that there's a variation of this that fits everybody. And again, we can't underestimate the power of having a parent truly invested in the program right you want a kid stick with the program for four years get their parent involved and invested and you've got it the only thing i would add to this is you know make sure there are no ap exams if you do it during class make sure that all the seniors will be present i know like at my school the seniors are done about a week and a half before everyone else so you just want to make sure that you don't have a conflict that can easily be done and for me, I want to make sure I have a clear plan of what I want to communicate to parents while we're there. This doesn't need to be a, a sermon, but it does need to be, hey, we want you to feel invested and involved. And here's what I want you to take away from this. Now let's play and have some cookies. And, and aren't we get proud ready of for these summer. kids for everything they've accomplished? Yeah. You know, The other thing they do is they give away uh, scholarship too. Uh, I don't oh, know if it's okay. the Band Booster Scholarship or the when they went, they won state, uh, we do have, uh, 
isma does like a state competition for concert band and they were actually first place and so isma will give a thousand dollar scholarship to one of the students in the band and i think they awarded at that time so that's wow cool. okay that's honestly that's a really cool idea too of awarding some specific we actually do um, a large banquet which i think a number of people do but we've added awards for outstanding individuals in each ensemble so even in our fourth band we have our most outstanding we call it chamber wins uh, most outstanding chamber wins performer and uh, you know that'd be kind of a cool time to do that if you don't have the banquet so well, i think that's a really cool idea and something that everybody should check out and think about um, moving along in the regular stuff, um, the next thing that I would ha really encourage people to do and that I've been doing now, I feel like for a month, is really setting the calendar for next year. I think there's some typical things that everybody comes across every year. They're always at the same time of year. Your football games, your competitions, your concerts and festivals, and the awards celebrations. Like those are all the things that you have a good idea as to which week of the month they're going to fall. I think some unusual things or some different things that I thought of that maybe aren't uh, the norms. Um, go ahead and set your parent meetings. Uh, for us, we have them usually the second Tuesday of each month. Um, so going ahead and getting that on your calendar and your family's calendar, I think are really important. Is that all the parents or just the band boosters? No, actually, we just do our, well. We do our booster board. It's it's really open to anyone, but we kind of do a thing where before each of our concerts, we do a band parent meeting, quote unquote, mm -hmm. to do any kind of formal information that doesn't take more than about ten minutes. Now at Marion, we did it differently. We had organized band parent meetings, uh, usually every other month, that would have about fifty to seventy five band parents there. Uh, I think it just is different at every school. Sure. With Carmel, do you guys do uh, parent meetings? Well, there, or they... There's a really big parent meeting, you know, especially right before um, our first marching band rehearsal. It just happened a couple weeks ago, and that was an opportunity for them to learn learn about marching band if they're a new parent. But also they have this really cool thing. It's like a volunteer fair where um, like the, yes. the chaperone yep. parents will set up we a booth and you know, they can walk around and kind of choose. It's, it's almost like, look, we need you to get involved. You need to get involved with your kids, you know, uh, their band education. So what do you want to do? <laughs> so. Right. We do the exact same thing actually at our spring concert, which we'll have on Thursday. We do a volunteer fair and we'll also do one right before our, we do a spring training with our eighth graders in another two weeks and we do the same thing. So it's a, that's a great way to get people involved and it, it, the parents get excited. They're like trying to recruit other parents right. and who can make out the night with having the most, uh, the most recruits. So I think that I can, I can see those, why you really need that on the schedule pretty early yeah, though, to organize absolutely. that many parents at the same time. Right. Um, I, I put this one in there cause I think this is really important. Look at when your school holidays are like president's day for some places, uh, in, in Chicago, we always got Pulaski day off. What's that? <laughs> Kazmir Pulaski is a, one of the founding members of Chicago and that's where the extent of my knowledge ends. Like Chicago, Not the band, the, no. the okay. city. <laughs> 25 or 624. <laughs> no, come on, man. Uh, the school holidays. And, and go ahead and plan some family events with your personal family. If you see a three-day weekend, plan a get out of town or even a staycation with your family. And do that now rather than a few days before. 
I've, I started doing that a couple of years ago and it has saved uh, my skin a number of times and really been a great thing for my family. So think about some of those usual events and some of the more unusual events that you can put down on paper and uh, and get get that together. With that being said, you know, how do you organize that calendar? Some people just want it on paper. And in fact, what? <laughs> hey, Finn. <laughs> It'll be funny to see if you leave this in. <laughs> oh, somebody's walking yeah. by somebody really dangerous, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. And he's protected the family. So now he can. Yeah. So back to the calendar. So the calendar, there are a couple ways to do this. Wando traditionally, before I came, literally had a, a three-page event-by-event, day-by-day calendar that literally said Monday, February 2nd, what the event was and the time, and then the next event. And we still do that to a certain extent, but we've really moved everything over to a Google Calendar that we share with everybody. Google Calendar, is, it can go to to iPhones, to Androids, to uh, pretty much anything. We found great stuff with that. Or have it on a Google Doc. We, you know, we actually use all three of those, and we do find that there aren't really any surprises for the families. Even though we have literally every event set there, we do have very good success with people knowing when things are. So think about not only what you're going to plan, but how you're going to disseminate that information and organize it for yourself. I think the parents and students appreciate that, but also the, you know, the other staff members too. Well, and speaking of staff, um, I think that's the next thing. You know, this is the time where if you are going to add staff uh, or <laughs> let somebody go, this is the time. To be honest with you, you probably should have already let someone go before now, but this is the time where you have to start looking for staff members. We're actually looking for a percussion uh, tech for ourselves right now. And I'll tell you, we actually have people coming in and really auditioning for that. We want to see them teach a couple of times before we commit to hiring someone. And I think, I don't, I don't care, you know, you might say that that's what a BOA group does. I think that's what all of us need to do. If we show the kids and the families that it's important and we're not just taking Joe Schmo off the street, it will cause them to treat it differently. And we, we've, we started doing that a couple of years ago, and I've really enjoyed it. So think about the staff and what that needs to be right now. Since you have that great calendar there, I know for us we have to fill out a building request form for virtually any room we use, including our own band room on weekends. Uh, that's They handle air conditioning and lights and all of that stuff. So if you have to do any of those building requests, now's the time before everybody else does it. Right now we're scheduling our concerts and our theater is so overused that we have to really uh, plan every moment in there. Like for example, if we want to get in there before our concert festival, we have to ask for that now for next March. Have um, you, ever, have you and, ever tried to do a rehearsal in a room with no air conditioner? Oh, completely. It's the worst. Yeah, like, we actually had our leadership, we had a, a leadership team uh, or leadership uh, workshop with students who were auditioning for leadership at our school and we'd forgotten to do the request last weekend. And, you know, it was a frantic text to the district person to get it turned on. But man, for about 40 minutes, it was painful. Any of those building requests, now is the time to just, just sit down and get them done. Put on something on Netflix and do them all at one time. The, the next part of that, I'd, I would say, is the parent communication calendar. 
and not necessarily what you're going to say to them, but when. Like, for example, we have a, a sort of an informal newsletter that goes out about every other month, and we have some kind of big things that we want to do with them. To be honest with you, now that I've done it for two years, I just roll over the information. We do a weekly blast uh, on a Google form to, or a Google sheet to everybody, and that's, that's worked really well to keep everybody in, on the same page with what's going on. So plan that now and just go ahead and lay them out. So that's Build not a, a calendar of, of this is happening on this date. It's more like, a, you know, this is a fundraising thing that's coming up or this is this, yes. various Right. And it's, it's more the things of like, you know, this, so this part of the fundraiser is over at this time, or, you know, the first marching band competition is coming up and here's the parent code of conduct that we send out before we go to our first performance. You know, those kinds of things you can always predict when those are going to be and just have that laid out so that, you know, as I, as I do that every weekend, I just go to, okay, which week is this? This is week 22. Okay, I just fill that out, and I can have it done and out in about 15 minutes, and that's what I want. So that parent communication calendar isn't necessarily a calendar of events, but it's more setting up an easy way to disseminate information throughout the year. Um, this next one is something that we do at Wando, but maybe it isn't done everywhere, graduation band possibilities. Like at Wando, we do a pre-concert before the graduation begins. We have so many people, we have about a thousand people per class that the place starts to fill up almost a full hour in advance. And we will do a pre-concert there with our seniors and our current symphonic band and even next year's symphonic band. So even large the seniors group. in their cap and gowns, huh? Yeah, the seniors come and play the first two-thirds of it, and then about 15 minutes before they march in, they will have that, like they'll, they'll get up and leave and go. But we actually, you know, one of the cool things that I really love about what we do is in the middle of graduation, our principal will start talking about the band accomplishments, and our seniors get up, come back and join the band, and we play the Carmen Dragon, America the Beautiful for everybody. Cool. And it's, it's a really pretty special thing. The choir performs as well in one of the pieces. So it, we, we both get that opportunity. And probably the orchestra, as our orchestra continues to grow, will do that later on. But if you don't do something like that, it's the largest community event outside of a um, football game. And for people to hear your concert band in that, in that medium is really good. I have a story I know about that. <laughs> So my <laughs> really? cousin graduated from a high school in the Indianapolis area that I won't mention. And they tore really bad on like two of the pieces oh, they were playing, no. including Pomp and Circumstance. And uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it could go the other way, too. It so, can go. Yeah. Well, yeah. you have to be you have to realize that I think sometimes people blow off that graduation performance. But you need to understand that more people will hear you there who would never normally hear you. Right. You know, they're, they're just not coming to the, the band concerts, but they will come to graduation. And, you know, we have our school board there. We have several dignitaries from the county and from the, the city of Charleston. And the only time they may hear us is at graduation. So I think that's important. And one of the other things I would say to that is we actually bring our next year's symphonic band up to play as well. I want them to get used to playing with that ensemble and get very confident and comfortable with it before we even begin the school year. The next thing is a performance or recording prep. And the reason I, I, I say this because 
we actually, I lay out the music choices a full year in advance. And I had never done that before Wando, but I'm really happy I do it now. Uh, I, I at one point thought, well, I've got to see what the ensemble is going to be like. You know what? The ensemble is going to be as good as I demand them to be within reason. And I basically laid out pieces, you know, I thought about who my good soloists were. I even have kind of a little bit of a cycle. You know, I'd like for every kid in to hear Lincoln Sherposey, the Hindemith Symphony, and the Persichetti Symphony in their time at Wando. So I have a little bit of a masterwork cycle. Laying those things out and then kind of thinking, okay, how would I want to open this concert? How would I want to close this concert? Which soloist do I want to highlight? I even had it so this year that almost all of my senior principal players had one piece throughout the year that had a solo for them. And I'm really glad that I did that. Thinking about the timing of the the pieces and you know making sure to not make the concerts too long. The locations, and I said that more for your recording. If you decide to do a recording for a convention performance or any of those auditions, making sure you are going to a place that has great acoustics. If that's your theater, that's great. We actually went off campus to do ours, and I'm glad we did. It was special, and it was it sounded great, too. And then the staffing. If you're going to do a recording, you've got to make sure that you have a good sound engineer, and it is worth the money to, to, to pay someone to do that. You know, we'll pay a color guard designer we need to pay and a recording engineer to do it well this probably isn't the time for just a volunteer no no this isn't a hey i've got a dad who has a good video camera if you're really serious about doing that like i i have two people that are i'm working with on their recordings for the state convention and i've said you know you need to be serious about this or else you you don't don't do it full out if you want to do a year of practicing and getting ready then that's fine but if you're really serious about playing at the convention, you've got to make the commit. You've got to sacrifice or make the commitments, whatever you want to say, and have a true engineer and a producer. And what I mean by a producer is you have somebody who is going to be the single voice to you, the director, of what they're hearing, what they're not hearing. Now, you can have multiple people listening, but that producer is the one voice that you listen to. When we did ours for Midwest, they were actually not even in our room they were on a microphone to a speaker that on, that I could hear right behind the podium. And man, it was, it was wonderful in doing it that way. So I would encourage people to look at it. Uh, moving right along, just a couple more. The awards procedure. Um, a lot of people get bent out of shape and take way too much time with this. I have a Google form that I send out that has all the award. We, we award about 12 different things, including most outstanding freshman, most outstanding sophomore, and et cetera. We have most improved woodwind, brass, and percussion. We have most outstanding member of each of the four ensembles, our jazz awards, our winter guard awards, our, uh, we call it esprit de corps, our leadership awards. We have a ton of them, and we just do this big Google form that kids vote for, and it has worked incredibly well we don't have to do ballots i just literally stop class for about five minutes let them vote and then it counts it for me i love it 
Uh, the other part of that is the senior acknowledgement and scholarships. I can't emphasize this enough. I have a Google form that I send out to students, and I ask the seniors to tell me their accomplishments and where they're going to go. But the bigger thing is I want them to tell me how much scholarship money they have been offered. I love that. When parent, yeah, when parents start talking to me about the cost of band, I say, well, okay, last year our class, our senior class of 52 kids got $4 million in scholarship offers. And of that, 600000 was music scholarship. When you start saying those kinds of numbers, parents start to realize where music can fit in to their collegiate experience. You know, what's great is we have very few music majors. I would bet Carmel's the same. Yep. I bet you have more engineering majors than you have music majors. But when a kid, when they hear, you know, they can go to this school and get $2,000 for playing oboe in a concert band, that's that's very well worth its weight. So I would really encourage all the directors to get that scholarship information from their students. And re what's great is the kids love bragging about it. And I, I don't blame them. They should brag about it. They're getting a ton of money thrown at them to come to a school. And part of that is due to their involvement in your organization. And you should be really proud of that as well. I think that's nice that you let the students kind of vote for some of the awards, but then I assume that you guys, uh, you know, the directors are the ones picking the scholarship and that sort of thing. Right. I, and I'll tell you, honestly, really the only thing that we normally do to adjust anything is if a student gets multiple awards, you know, like for example, we have this year, we have just an excellent, excellent student who ended up with a number of them. And he's very well, de he, he deserves some great accolades, but we also have some other students that are just as good, but maybe people, you know, you kind of get used to this one kid winning something, and so they automatically go there. So we kind of adjusted a little bit of that, so the students still won the most awards, but we also included some other students in the process. All, all that to say, we usually don't change anything. We, we tell the kids that we do reserve veto power, but we've never had to use it. Um, they, they do a great job with that. It's, and it shows what's great is more of them come to the banquet to see how their votes turned out. I think the last thing we're going to talk about is kind of the office itself and the band room, right? Um, yeah. You know, cleaning and yeah. organizing. This is something I totally get down with. I love cleaning and organizing. Um, I know I'm weird. But the, the cool thing this time of year is maybe the students who are there who aren't taking AP tests have nothing to do sometimes. You can be like, hey, you right. four people over there not doing anything. You go do this, organize music, organize books, mutes, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I definitely, when I do that with my class, I, I make sure that they have a specific list and expectations, you know, th that way, you know, like if I tell my son Tyler to clean his room, the resultant cleaning of that is probably a hundred things shoved under the bed and in the closet. <laughs> so, you know, you, you can probably guess that a lot of the band students are that way too. So, you know, clear expectations and, and that sort of thing. Um, the other thing I do this time of year is I try to clean up my digital life. Um, you know, are there things I can move to Evernote or delete from my computer documents that maybe I, I could file them so I could find them more easily. Maybe I just need to rename folders. Um, I try not to go overboard because one year I started doing this and like three days later I'd have a talk with myself. I was like, <laughs> dude, this is not the most important thing today. I just got in a rabbit hole I couldn't get out of. 
Well, I think, but I would say that if you've never read Getting Things Done, what what you're talking about right now is a lot of the stuff from that. And I got to tell you, there's a there. You know, I don't want to advertise necessarily many other podcasts, but they have a great podcast uh, called Getting Things Done. Is that and the it's the thing where this like book. this is only I can do it, and it's an emergency. Those are the only things you have to do right now. That's well, it. Sort of. Basically, it, it says gathering everything into an. It's actually a little bit of the KonMari method for your stuff. It's you know gather everything into an inbox, and then start to see can you delegate it, can you digitize it, can you, how do you process that information, and just keeping that one box or that one space for information. I know for me, you know, my desk can get out of control when I'm not paying attention to this. Um, so I have one place on my desk that I put everything, and then by the end of the week, I've got to have that place cleared off. And I think that's really what you're saying with this. I, you know, there's no. I use everything through Google Drive now, and there's nothing that should be just kind of hanging out in your office, or else it just causes chaos. Can Can I tell you who does not do a good job of that? <laughs> <laughs> oh is, yeah, this is man. one of my biggest mentors, uh, Richard Sasedo. <laughs> When he was at Carmel, his desk had like seven feet of paper all over it. And then he had cleared off this little space where he could, you know, write amazing music. But like, hey, have you seen the... No, I don't know where that is. Have you seen... Nope. Don't know. So oh, I think well that... Chris Crakey became the person who just came in there and found the important stuff. <laughs> well, Greg Bim was very the same way and you know there's such geniuses and maybe if you're a genius listening to this you you have a different way of doing it but i certainly am not what was very bizarre is we used to have a middle office between our offices between mine and greg's and it was just a rat's nest and when i first went to work there my wife and i came up one saturday and we spent about eight hours cleaning and organizing and we were so proud of that. And when he came in the next Monday, I expected him to be so excited for us. And he looked at him and was like, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> this is not right. He was, he was really upset. Uh, I still give him a hard time about that because he, you know, while it looked very disheveled, he actually, and, and I tested him a couple of times, but he literally knew where everything was in that room. I found a 1987 faculty meeting memorandum in one of the desks and I started throwing them away and he got upset. <laughs> so wait, I, those are there for a reason. I was like, what okay. reason could you have? He goes, because every once in a while I'll pull that out and say, you know what? We talked about this in 1987 and it's still no better. So let's stop talking about it. Oh, huh? okay. You're right. <laughs> got it. Uh, one other thing I do, Bobby is at the end of the year, I send a bunch of stuff to the copy center and uh, we have a place in our building that'll, you know, if you send it to them, they'll package it up and put it in your room for you. Um, but I don't like standing in line at the copy machine. And especially on the first day of school, I want to be thinking about what I'm teaching the students. So that's something I try to do this time of year. Um, I send lots of stuff down. Um, do you guys do a lot of stuff with fixing and repairs this time of year? Absolutely. Well, to be honest with you, with our marching band, we've already done it. But with our concert program, we do a lot of the we call it the quote-unquote color instruments, like our double reeds, our French horns, our concert tubas. This is the time of year we get after that. I know besides uh, instruments needing fixed, uh, a lot of times in the summertime, the building stuff is going on, like 
rooms and faculties are off limits and maybe there being, you know, new flooring here and that sort of stuff. So I know that um, our directors spend some time thinking about what what's off limits, what's going to affect our rehearsal spaces, what's going to be too loud or, you know, no air conditioning or whatnot. So that's important this time of year, too. One of the things that Jeff wrote, and I'm going to let him speak to it a little bit more, but I thought this was a really important way for us to end this particular podcast. He was talking about making sure you're taking a little bit of stock and a little bit of awareness as to the mental, emotional health of yourself and the students at this time of year. Now, I think I don't think we can emphasize this enough. So, Jeff, I'll let you kind of talk about that, and we'll just sort of finish there. Well, I think. 2019, this has been the first year at our school where I've heard anyone talking about social, emotional, you know, important things for students and not, it's not just about grades and academics and band and all that. It's, you know, taking care of the whole student. And I, I would like to say to all of our listeners, it's time to keep your cool this time of year because students are ready for summer. They're stressed out. They have projects, they have AP exams, IB exams, finals. Um, they're grumpy and, and they're, you know, there are way more of them than there are of us. And so they can quickly overwhelm you with that negativity and grumpiness and stress and all that. And I think it's tough, but you got to keep your cool as the adult. And boy, I really needed to hear that this morning. You know, my first period class today, they, there was a bad vibe and, and I didn't do a good job you know, figuring out how to navigate that. So, um, you know, I just think it's really important that we keep our cool and finish the year with the students and and us, you know, having a good relationship. You know, that being said, being careful about having too many free days. Like for us right now, I never know who's going to really be in my class or not because of AP exams happening. And so every day I have between five and 20 kids missing from virtually every period. So it's, it's hard to plan. I actually planned this spring concert to be done in preparation last week. So now we're in good shape, but I've started doing some things like we're just doing some sight reading. Um, I'm doing some chamber music performances in that time. We're doing some letters of appreciation that we're writing and we're doing some of those voting things I mentioned earlier. Be careful about when you just have the kids hang out during your band class, because when you do have to pull them back in to get ready for graduation, that can be really hard. You don't want people to get the the idea that when I come into the band room, it is a free for all or it is low standards or low expectations. I think that's that's a place where a couple of directors can get into real trouble, especially younger directors. Just don't, because the kids will want to hang out. The more you let them do that, the better they like it. And well, let's just let's just take it easy today. And you know what? Every once in a while, that's a great thing. It sure is. But you should be in control of when those days are. Don't let the students dictate that, or at least don't let it happen more than more than once a week. Usually, we give homework to our listeners at the end of the podcast, but I feel like you know we were a little bit long-winded today and we gave a lot of homework there's a lot of actionable items so i would just challenge our listeners to you know put some of these uh in into effect this week and and get some things done and cleaning up shop before the end of the year so as we finish up think through what you want to begin the next season with if that's the summer or if it's next fall, think now of what you want. You know, the toughest thing is coming in a few days before that. When I don't have anything ready, it's miserable. 
But when I know, you know, I've already got this stack of things made. I've already got this calendar set. I've already got those things. You know, it's the whole adage, the old Aesop's fable of the grasshopper, the lazy grasshopper and the ant. You know, the ant works pretty consistently for a while versus the grasshopper who, you know, lays around and lets some things go. Really take the lesson from the ant. Uh, it will save you so many headaches in the summer and next fall. So uh, I think that's about everything for us this week. Don't you think, Jeff? Yeah, just one last thing as usual. You know, if we could just encourage people to spread the word about the podcast and, uh, you know, check us out on social media, shoot us a message on email or social media, um, and just, you know, help us to figure out what, uh, what you want to hear about. What are your questions and suggestions for topics and guests? We have a whole list, but uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So thanks for listening. Till next time, I'm Jeff Young. And I'm Bobby Lambert, and this has been That Band Life. <laughs>